I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome. I hope you enjoyed that NPR flourish into Open Loops, Episode 2, with Greg Bornstein. An audio massage, deep tissue audio massage, through the imagination and intellect. Wow, I I, I flipped those words around in this episode. So, <laughs> ooh, tricky, tricky. Um... So look, let's get into it today. Here's the truth. I already recorded this episode, and then I accidentally deleted it on Anchor. (sighs) You know when that happens, you like see people do that on a webinar or something, and they're like, oh, yeah, we pre-recorded it, and then we lost the recording, but now we know this one's going to be even better. (sighs) Yeah, well, this makes me just as angry as if I... I, I, I'm still angry. I'm still angry. The truth is, it's not. It might be better, but uh, there, there there were some decent... There were some decent drops in that last episode. Hmm. Okay. So what is episode two? What is it gonna be about? Well... Truthfully, I wanted to explore the concept of intellectual escapism and why these two abstractions of what I do with my life really sum up what this podcast is wanting to achieve. Now, achieve is an interesting word because it's strive for, the thing that you don't have yet, the thing that you you want to be that's out there. And now that I think about it, I don't mean achieve in the sense of, you know, look, I've got a long list of people I'd love to interview and speak with and pick the brains of. I'd love to get deep in the conscious and subconscious minds of some of the thinkers that have inspired me, uh, Richard Bandler, Slavoj Zizek, uh, I mean, Jordan Peterson would be fascinating to interview, uh, I mean, Conan O'Brien would be a great guy, uh, I, I guess I don't really care about Conan, yeah, yeah, I don't really care about him, um, but, uh, Magicians that I love, um, thinkers, philosophers, psychologists, hypnotists, 
healers, life coaches. People build these shows as a way. You know, there's a podcast called The Magician. Uh, what is it called? The The Magician's Podcast. That gives... Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was called. Um, it's funny that, you know, a, a podcast with such a simple name might not be the name of it. Like, I'm confused about it, even though it is simple. Uh, I don't know if he had called it, like, Magic Words. I would remember that. But but instead, this guy was like, no, I'm going to take Magician's Podcast, and now I'm trying to figure out the simple name of the show. Um, good luck remembering Open Loops, folks. So, here's what I want to talk about today. Back to Magic, Magician's Podcast. This podcast was great because this guy's goal, his whole goal, the entire podcast, and the thing is I listened like right at the last episode, so skip to the end, but uh, the whole goal was for him personally to get to a point where he might sit down with David Copperfield. And my gosh... That interview with David Copperfield is amazing. It is amazing. I must go see that show. Apparently, the the newest Vegas David Copperfield show is... uh, There's an alien. There's a UFO that appears. And there's a dinosaur that goes out into the audience. That is all I know about it so far. I've seen his shows. He he made a guy, he teleported people to Hawaii. He made audience members disappear. He made a 57, I think it was a 57 Chevy appear out of nowhere on stage. I watched it multiple times, still can't figure out what he's doing. David Copperfield, to me, is the greatest stage magician I've ever seen. Maybe the best. For this guy to want to go and interview him, absolutely. It seems like it would be impossible. I mean, this man's achieved the heights. He's made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Um, He was able to magically end a divorce with Claudia Schiffer. Uh, (laughs) JK, JK. Um, Yeah, whatever. I'm sure, you know what? Getting married to a magician is, uh, well, I'm not sure I'd want to. I am, you know, someone that does card tricks, and I'm not sure I'd want to marry a magician, to be honest with you. Point is this. We'll do a magician dating podcast episode. But uh, the point is that this guy had a goal. It was to get to the heights. I don't really have that goal. My goal doing this isn't to actually... My, my goal is much more immediate. Rather than achieve something out there in the future, my goal is to achieve something now. And what that is is this. I want to make sense of my reality up until this point. You see, like I talked about in the first episode, I have a lot of interests. And reconciling all those interests into something that's valuable for others has been difficult, despite what people say. 
uh, in the first episode, I, no, no, the first time I tried to record this episode, I did this exercise where I actually said out loud, I have no value to give to anyone. Because in my head, even as I'm telling you this right now, I have a thought in my head, a thought loop that's telling me, Greg, no one wants to hear this. No one wants to hear you. There's no point. Well, you, you have nothing to give anyone. But even as I say that out loud, and I did it again just to bring it back, I start to realize that I do. Or I don't feel that's entirely true. Broader point is that if, well, two things to take away from that. One is if you have a negative limiting belief in your head, Try saying out loud, go in a room by yourself, say it out loud, and see if your heart actually feels that's true. Chances are, it's not. It's, our mental constructions are vastly, for better and worse, vastly stronger often than what's actually out there. But on the flip side of that, our mental constructions are so helpful for actually the process of creation in the process of moving you emotionally through the regularities of life, the mundane, the my ho-hum, the doldrums. The brain can get you out of the doldrums. So, what is the value then? What is the value I bring to you? I'm not sure. That's what this podcast is trying to achieve. Oh, gosh. Uh, Yeah. No, but that's not... mm, It's not entirely true. Okay, I'll start with this premise. I believe, and by the way, we're going to get to why this is called Open Loops, too. We'll get to that. But today's episode, I really want to explore how I function as an adult male in the way I view life. Now, the way I view life is through a lens of, hmm, maybe I should say mischief, maybe I should say taboo, maybe I should say hidden, maybe I should say novelty, diversion. Uh, I, I, I really have decided that There is a value in escapism. And yeah, that's what I talked about in the last episode a little bit. But the question is, is it intellectual escapism or is it escapist intellectualism? That's what I'm wrestling with here. I know for a fact that magic, going going to movies, 
Uh, even, oh my gosh, this, this got me in trouble, actually. I mean, my brain is naturally escapist. One of the things that I always imagined was, in high school, what if everybody in the cafeteria broke out into a Busby Berkeley 1930s MGM musical number? I love that. I love that idea. That idea ran with me. It, it, it stirred my imagination. And then I would think about, well, why am I interested in that? What's the deal with it? Well, why even need that kind of construction in my life, that, in, that mental construction in my head? Interestingly enough, sort of what I was talking about before with the question of uh, limiting beliefs and self-value, it did get actualized, but not in my high school. Remember on YouTube, there was a brief phenomena where, kind of like improv everywhere, um, it was around the time they got very popular, uh, around 2007, 2008, there was a video of a kid interrupting a college class in a big lecture hall, and a bunch of plants were in the audience, and they went into a musical number. And I love this video. This video was the closest approximation to my fantasy. But it wasn't as good as what I imagined when I was 15 years old, sitting in study hall. It wasn't. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Because the imagination, I believe, is often more satisfying than what's going on in the real world. Mm, do I believe that? I think I do. I think I do. And here's why. Even though, uh, you know, Michelangelo's, the, the chapel, painting it, his realization up there, painting all the angels and the ethereal uh, colors and the, the, the beauty of it, even though it looks great and it started as an idea, He's only capturing a moment in time. For him to have that level of detail, imagine a five-dimensional, and not even a, a three-dimensional, a, I guess five being that humans are conscious and whatnot. Imagine a multi-dimensional version of that in existence, living, moving. That is what was in Michelangelo's head. And he might deny it. But isn't, even when you look at great art, your imagination, what it's capturing is stirring a fantasy inside of you that's often even more compelling. Now, the artist fed into that fantasy by providing something for you to reflect on, but it stirs something even more interesting. Having these thoughts, by the way, what I'm doing right now is what I would call intellectual escapism. I am enjoying the act of intellectualizing for the sake of intellectualizing, and it's stirring ideas inside of me and making me want to keep having ideas as a way of avoiding the fact that I should probably make sure that I sign up for a free credit report with the New York uh, you know, Department of Labor. To me, 
yes, that is the thing we have to do. That is the thing I have to do, those things. We do have things. We need to bring in money. We need food. We need survival. We need to actually build a life that's sustainable. Sure. But if there is something in you that is... (laughs) There's something in me, for sure, that is always looking at the line of life, like looking at like a clear line, like a dink, 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 and being like, I want to, I kind of want to go off the beaten path a little bit. I kind of want to like, like add like a, like, you know, like a a dot somewhere above the line. And I kind of want to take that line and like bend it a little bit and then redirect it. That's the metaphor. I am looking for escape constantly. Now, intellectual escapism, or is it the pathology of just being a child, not growing up? That's a great question. We'll get into that in more episodes. Part of me thinks I should just name this podcast, like, please help me with Greg Bornstein and bring people on and have them sit down and actually just give me advice, because that often is what can happen in conversations with people, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just asking for it, but I, but, 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 I also, I, I, it's not good when it's one direction, because then you just feel bad, <laughs> like, I love working with people's thoughts, too, and exploring thoughts, exploring thoughts, exploring creation of the minds, bringing two brains together, having ideas form, having those ideas rub up against you. Uh, gosh, yeah, you know where this is going. Um, and, and creating a new thought. Our brains can have intercourse with each other. Ah. Uh, Maybe, I mean, is it intellectual escapism or maybe it's intellectual hedonism I'm into? Is this show really just mental self-gratification? Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. This is, this is, a, this is my tribute to the joys of thinking about thinking. And then, when you're not thinking about thinking, you're, the things that you aren't thinking about are just experiences that are just out of this world. Aliens, psychics, Las Vegas, uh, you know, watching Hollywood movies. When I watch a Hollywood film, and it takes me to a different environment. It takes me to an idea of what Hollywood was that it never actually was. If you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I consider maybe my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie I've ever seen, When you watch that movie, that's a Hollywood that Quentin Tarantino created based on what he loves about old films. My Hollywood would look something like that, too. It'd be that and a combination of Disney's MGM, formerly MGM, now Hollywood Studios. Because, because guess what? Fantasy feels good. And then dissecting the fantasy and understanding it and then having new ideas about it. It's a self-feeding cycle. Here I am intellectualizing my love of Disney and enjoying the process of intellectualizing 
as a way of getting into a place where my brain kind of feels like it's like in a Disney wonderland. Thinking is my wonderland. And wonderland is all I want to think about. Intellectual escapism and escapist intellectualism. I'm an intellectual and I'm an escapist. And I merge those two things together. That's what magic tricks provide, right? Like, Like a magic trick is the escape and how you do it is the intellectual. It's like the perfect bridge between those. Hypnosis. Hypnosis, what is going on? Taking someone's brain and creating another reality inside their head using words is magical. It's divine. The original books about uh, neurolinguistic programming, which is a form of hypnosis, I believe, uh, they were called the structure of magic. The structure of magic. Yes, it does have a structure. In the land between where the subjective meets the objective, I suppose, or the subjective meets what's behind the curtain. And then what's behind the curtain inspires a whole new form of wizardry. That's where I live. Constantly. So am I an IE or an EI? Intellectual escapism, escapist intellectualism. E-I-E-I-O. I don't know. But I will say that I just got, I, I realized, sorry, I got lost thinking about old McDonald for a couple seconds. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think, therefore, I, oh, Wow. Wait a minute. I'm I'm having a new thought. I think therefore I am not satisfied with reality. I'm diversion. I'm I'm a diversionist. Maybe that's it. I'm a diversionist. Who knows what the word is? Either way, my mission is to legitimize the process of thinking as escape as well as escape as thinking. And that's why this is an audio massage, because there is that, oh gosh, I said self-gratifying before, there is a pleasurable aspect to this. Now, I don't want to, like, hit that too much, um, you know, for fear of appalling most of you, but there's a, there is a joy that you feel that's almost a little, a little bit like, okay, you're not supposed to feel this all the time. You're not so, you know, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to, you know, have families and what, what, what society is telling you is okay. I don't think it is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's enough. I think there is a value in just letting your mind wander and explore the unreal. I think that process is fascinating. It's riveting. It's what's inspired me my entire life. And to all you intellectual escapists and escapist intellectuals out there, I welcome you and I stand up for you. I said that that last time, right? Dreamers, romantics, all y'all. 
I want this movement to, I, I, I want it to be real. The brain and the mind are beautiful things. Let us remember that when you think about all these things, life gives you so much more than what you might actually be living. So if you're looking to escape with me and then talk about it after, well, that's what it's all about on Open Loops.